Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 571. Well, I think the best advice that I can offer to any parent is to, uh, you know, value your time with your kids. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Douglas Herbert. Douglas, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah. I'm buckled in. I'm buckled down tight. My mom's the only one that calls me Douglas, so you can just call me Doug if you want. <laughs> That's easier. Absolutely. Doug Herbert is a nationally recognized top fuel drag racing champion. He's the first driver to run over 300 miles per hour during NHRA eliminations, and his career best speed tops 317 miles per hour. My gosh. But in 2008, Doug put his racing career aside when he tragically lost his two sons, John and James, in an accident. After experiencing a tremendous amount of loss and grief, Doug decided to create a free driving program that teaches advanced safe driving techniques, and founded Brakes, Be Responsible and Keep Everyone Safe, a nonprofit teen proactive defense driving program. For over eight years, Doug and Brakes has been traveling to various U.S. cities to help prevent injuries and save lives by training and educating teenage drivers and their parents. This program is so awesome. That's why I'm so excited to have you here today, Doug. So I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment? Tell us a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Yeah, Mark. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on your show. You're welcome. Appreciate that. You're welcome. And yeah, I'm a car guy. I've always been a car guy, you know, and, and just as you said, am I in 2008, my life changed. Before that, I was just a, uh, you know, I, I was a top field drag racer. I've been an NHRA top field drag racer for 25 years and Oh my gosh. And uh, actually had top speeds over 330 miles an hour. Oh, wow. You know, these cars are, they're fast cars. And I've had a, had a lot of fun and, and a long history racing those cars. My family's been in racing for a long time. Uh, my dad and my aunt and, and a bunch of them. So we've, we've really, we love racing. And then in 2008, my boys were killed in a car accident, yeah. like less than a mile from my house. And I decided, wow, like uh, this is unbelievable. This must not happen to anybody else. Hmm how could this be, uh, you know, how could this happen to me? And then right. after doing a little bit of research, I found out that 
car accidents are the number one thing that kills teenagers more than the next four things combined. So, and I had no idea about that. So I decided, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to do something about this and I'm going to teach my kids friends about being safer drivers. Yeah. And uh, so in 2008, we did our first brakes program and trained 50 kids, which was all the friends of, of my boys. Mm -hmm. And uh, after doing that, I had about 300 more parents that contacted me and said, Hey, we want you to teach our kids too. Right. So I decided, well, you know what we need to do? We need to start a charity. So we applied for a 501c3 and, and that's kind of a long process, but we started the charity and started training more teenagers and it's just been uh it's just been a, an incredible ride the last few years very rewarding it's my therapy really going yes. out there and, and oh, yeah. training these kids and teaching them giving them life skills that are going to help them throughout their whole life so it's a lot of fun and it's very rewarding and uh, it's just a super thing well i i think it's fantastic and I, words can't even express my my feelings about your loss i mean i, I can't imagine I've had many guests on the show here who've taken tragedy in their life and flipped it around and used that, as you say, for therapy to go out and help others. And I wanted the Cars Yow listeners to know about your program because I know there's a lot of them out there that have children that are driving, kids that are driving, even young adults that could use some practice and training. If any of us who've driven on the roads these days, you see some of the crazy things that are going on, especially with texting and distracted driving. So I right. think it's fantastic what you're doing, and we're going to learn a lot more about what Brakes is all about as we pass through the questions here. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life and maybe a mantra, something like that. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Doug, take the wheel. Well, I think my my favorite success quote is never be satisfied with what you're doing. My dad taught me that and kind of beat that into my head since I was a young kid. And and he said, look, you know what you did last week might not work next week. So just keep your nose to the grindstone and keep working hard and figure out what you can do to make things better. What can you change to make it better? What can be done differently to make mm-hmm. it better? So it was always, you know, it's always about making it better. And that worked good with racing with business. And now with breaks, you know, we make constant improvements. We sit down every Monday after the program and, and we go through things. What happened? What was good? What was bad? What can we make better? What can we improve upon? And that's, that's my thing. Constant, continuous, constant improvement. That's my thing. Yes. That all ties on constant and never ending improvement and sharpening the saw. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great too. You know, you're dealing with groups of kids, which can be a challenge. Groups of any kind can be a challenge. So (laughs) I think it's great that after each weekend you get together and talk about, okay, how can we improve this, improve that, gain, garner the attention of these young people so that they uh, really leave this with an impact in their lives so that they can move forward. And even better, share it with their friends, with social media. Hey, I did this great thing this week in our breaks. You should try it too. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, it's not driver's ed. Like, this is advanced car control, yep. life-saving, you know, life-saving things. And and also, you know, telling teenagers and parents about my story, why we're doing what we're doing, I think it makes it more impactful than just teaching them skills. We're we're talking to them about making good decisions and, right. and how those decisions can affect your life and others moving forward. Well, I can only imagine after watching the video on your website about your son's accident, that that has got to capture some attention at the beginning of your talks and the seriousness of a car accident that so many people that have never been in one don't realize until they actually see one in real life or they've been involved in one. So 
I love that. Constant, never-ending improvement. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. You come from a drag racing family. You said, is there a, a story back in time in your life that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment as you remember it when you realize, you know what, just like my dad, my aunt, I'm a car guy too. Well, I just can't remember any time where I wasn't involved with cars, you know. Mm-hmm. My dad was, his name's Chet Herbert. He was one of the original hot rodders, you know, back in the uh, back in the late 40s, early 50s. There was a group of guys in Southern California that kind of started the hot rodding revolution. Oh, yeah. You know, Ed Eskandarian and, and Vic Edelbrock Sr. and Wally Parks and C.J. Hart, Creighton Hunter, you know, all these guys. Those were the original guys. My dad was one of those guys. Wow. Uh, so I just never really... I, I didn't know anything besides liking cars. Like I, I just loved cars. I always loved cars. I always loved racing. Started racing bicycles and motorcycles, and then little stock outboard boats. It was always I was always around it. I went to I went to drag race with my aunt. My aunt Doris Enderly ran uh, a, a periodical called Drag News. So Drag News was big, you know, back in the day. Everybody went to Drag News to get their drag racing information from around the country and cool and uh, reading drag news that was cool so between my dad's stuff and drag news uh i was involved i was i had no hope of not liking cars it was was, that was a predetermined thing i was always gonna like cars and and i do i love cars i always have yeah that uh, baby formula was 2040 weight in your bottle when you're a little so absolutely well doug i always talk at this point about a huge challenge or big failure it's pretty obvious a huge challenge that you faced in your life. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what went through your mind after your son's accident, losing two boys, and then what motivated you to make that change in your career and start breaks? Unless there's something else you want to discuss here, but boy, that is a huge challenge to get over. Well, you know, I don't think you ever, I don't think any parent that loses a child ever gets over it. I think Mm. you just figure out how to deal with it and, uh, you know, how to trudge forward. And, you know, initially, obviously I was in shock and, uh, you know, the shock becomes reality real quick when you're Mm -hmm. making funeral arrangements for your kids and you're, you're doing these things. And, and after the, the, the shock and the reality kind of the, the shock left and the reality kind of set in, I, I, that was when I made my mind up. I said, I got to do something to help other kids and other families understand the responsibility that they have driving a car and how dangerous it can be. And uh, hopefully what we can do to help them be more responsible and make some better decisions behind the wheel. Cause I'm sure that my older son, probably the first time that he ever lost control of the car was when they crashed. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I wish he would have made a better decision. I wish my younger son would have said, Hey, John, I don't like how you're driving. Let me out of the car or get it in shape and start driving better. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, but that's hard to do. There's peer pressure, you know, there and stuff. And and I understand I was 17 years old before too. And, and uh, probably did the same things, but uh, luckily, uh, the outcome wasn't the same for me. So that really, you know, that that's obviously been the biggest challenge of my life. And we've turned it around to try and help other kids. And now Brakes has trained over 20,000 teenagers from all around the country. Wow, 20,000. Holy cow. 20,000. I mean, it is one-on-one behind the wheel. So 20,000 kids one at a time. That's, that's a lot of kids, yeah. We've been we've been doing a lot of work. And it's uh, it's very rewarding. It's very fun. And, you know, we receive letters and testimonials, uh, emails and phone calls almost every day from 
from a parent or a teenager saying how something that they learned at break saved their life. And that is really what it makes it all worthwhile. Oh, yeah. Now, did you ever have when you were formulating this concept in your mind, any thought that you would be where you are today and how big this is and how many lives you've affected? No, because at first, all I wanted to do was teach my uh, my boy's friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really all I wanted to do. I wanted to teach my boy's friends to be safer to be more responsible, to understand some vehicle dynamics, to really understand the the danger and also the fun of, of being able to drive a car. Yeah, and that was really my only that was my only plan when I first started out, and then I realized, okay, well, this is a bigger thing than than what I thought. In the challenges you face with young people that you're teaching the dangers of driving and, and how to improve, what's is there one biggest challenge that seems to always pop up? over and over again? I think the biggest challenge, and and you kind of talked about it earlier, is getting teenagers to really pay attention. You know, Mm -hmm. we start the classes the same way. Basically, the classes have 48 teenagers and parents. So sometimes we end up with 50, 60 parents because a lot of kids will bring both parents. But Mm -hmm. the classes start out the same way every time we play a video. Uh, we play that NBC nightly news video. They did a story, a, a segment on brakes a couple years ago, which is on the put on the brakes.org website. So you can go to put on the brakes and check it out in our video section. But we start every class with that video and the video is very impactful. Right. Um, you know, it's not gory, but it's impactful and nobody says anything. Nobody does anything. We just roll the video when the class, when it's time for the class to start and all of a sudden it gets quiet. Yeah. And by the time the end of the video comes around, Everybody realizes and understands exactly why they're there. Because let's face it, at 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, most teenagers aren't that excited about getting out of bed. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so all of a sudden, this this three-minute video plays, and they go, okay, I got it. I know why now I've got your attention. Let's shift gears a little bit and go to what I call the other end of the spectrum, a real aha moment. Now, obviously, again, the obvious thing is the aha moment is the tragedy that happened in your life and then what you did about it. Is there another aha moment that occurred? Maybe it's when you started doing this or when you realized, hey, I've got something here with brakes. I think this could go nationwide. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, yeah. You know what? The aha moment was after after training my son's friends and getting hundreds of requests from others to train their kids. That was when I had the aha moment. Like, wow, I had no idea this was such a big deal. And I had no idea that that this could be so impactful. But that, uh, yeah, that was that was my aha moment when I realized, okay, this is bigger than what I thought. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely great. Well, that might even lead and segue into uh, the next question I have for you, and that is proudest career moments. And I would assume with, you talk about letters and calls from parents and other teens and things that they've uh, shared after they've gone through your class. But is there one that stands out for you? Oh, there, you know, I've got so many proud moments, you know, with, with drag racing and, and, uh, I was fortunate enough to win four championships and, and won races all around the country. I think my proudest moment in, uh, you know, prior to my boys crash would be winning Pomona and, I won the 50th anniversary Pomona Nationals back in 2001. Nice. So, you know, growing up, I went to Pomona, yeah. you know, hung on the fence and watched Big Daddy race and watched Perdome and mm-hmm. McEwen. And, and that was just, uh, you know, I mean, there's no bigger place to win a top field drag race than Pomona. Yeah. So winning Pomona, that was probably my proudest moment. My dad was there at the races. My boys were there at the races. 
that day. And Very that cool. was, that was a really, really proud moment. So in, as far as racing. Yeah. I grew up in Southern California and my dad used to take me up to Orange County Raceway to the drag strip. And we, we didn't go to Pomona law. It was a little bit far for us from San Diego, but I did get up there as a kid. I remember seeing Don Garlitz race. He's been a guest here on the show and uh, wow, that must've been awesome. Yeah, that was, that was probably my proudest racing moment. And uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head on my, you know, on other proud moments, but when we get a letter from a teenager saying how something that they learned in brakes saved their life and they could hear the brakes instructor yelling in their ear telling them <laughs> yeah. exactly what to do yep. and it got them out of this situation that's a pretty proud moment and, oh yeah. Uh, yeah i'm not only i'm proud but i feel like i'm making my boys proud absolutely and i think people that have never been through any kind of driving school don't realize what a great impact it makes when i started riding motorcycles i went to a motorcycle safety course and the first time i went for a ride three things happened that I just instantly went back to that training that I had going, whoa, that saved me. Oh, that saved me. Oh, that saved me. <laughs> and you just kind of go, wow, I'm so glad I took that course because, you you know, especially men, they think we can just go out and do anything. We're all great drivers, right? But uh, not yeah. so much when it comes to certain situations. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here and go back in time. I'd love for you to share your first really special car. Maybe share a memory you have of that vehicle. Well, you know, my first car that I purchased was I was, uh, let's see, I was about 14 years old and I was dying to go driving, but I was only 14. So I wasn't really old enough to go driving. Right. So I was looking through the newspaper and I found this 1970 Camaro and I forget what the price was, but I went over and talked to the guy and negotiated with him a little bit. And it was a, it was a beater, you know, it was a, it was like a, you know, it was a, it was a driver, but it was kind of a beater. I think I paid the guy 300 bucks for the thing <laughs> and, uh, brought it home and started working on it in the, in the garage. So that 70 Camaro being my first car, I worked on it for about a year and a half before I even got to drive it. Oh, that cool. Was, yeah, that was cool. That was, that was, it was a project and, you know, it makes the car mean so much more when you're oh, involved yeah. with building it and, you know, putting the engine in and, and uh, doing body work on it. I mean, I did everything on it. So that was that was that was a pretty special car. Oh yeah, that definitely is. I had a Carmen Ghia in high school that I took to my friend's garage. We took it apart and rebuilt it. And boy, you baby it after you put all those hours of labor and love and all those expenses of buying paint and engine parts <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Especially when you're a kid and you're delivering newspapers to pay for that stuff. So like I was. So. uh well, how about a vehicle that you've owned and let go? That old seller's remorse tear in the eye. Is there one car that you wish you could have back? Well, you know, actually, the funniest one that I can think of, when I was about 16 years old, I worked in Southern California at a little hot rod shop that is this guy named Sheldon Conblin owned. It was called Service Center. And there was he had a couple dozen of them around, around California and, and Arizona and stuff. Anyway, so I worked at Service Center. This guy came in looking for some parts to uh, work on in this Hemikuda that he had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he needed like points and some stuff. And so I got to talking to him about the car and, and uh, what was he doing on it and so forth. Well, anyway, he had apparently somebody had taken the carburetors apart, taken the distributor out of it and he couldn't get the thing running. So I made a deal with him. I said, well, Hey, after work, I'll come over and check it out and, and see if I can help you a little bit. So I went over and looked at the car and I mean, there was, pieces off the top of the engine like the engine was in the car the car was pretty complete but carburetors were taken apart distributor was out of it 
And I said, well, you know, what do you, what's your plans with this thing? And he said, well, I just want to, I, I really just want to sell it. And I said, whoa, well, I'd be interested in buying it. What, you know, what do you got to get out of it? And he said, well, you know, if I got 2,500 out of it, I'd be, that'd be fine. I'd be happy to go. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, 2,500 for a Hemi Cuda. Okay. I need to figure out how to buy this, but I didn't have 2,500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, I'm thinking, okay, where am I going to get my, I had about probably a thousand bucks. I figured, where am I going to get the rest of this money for the thing? Oh, so yeah. I told the guy, I said, Hey, look, you hold the car for me for a couple of days. I'm going to, you know, I'll be back. I'm going to buy this thing. And, uh, I went to my dad and go, Hey dad, I got this deal. And this guy's got the Hemi Cuda and I got a thousand bucks saved up, but he wants 2,500. And my dad says, well, where are you going to get the other 1,500? <laughs> I, 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 was, uh, that's why I was talking to you. I was yeah. hoping you were going to help me out. Bank of dad. Goes, no, uh-uh. no, you better figure it out. You could sell something. You could, I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. And so I ended up going back and helping the guy get the car running. I, I told him, I said, look, I'll help you get it running. You just let me drive it. You know, that would be, I'd, I'd be happy with that. And sure. so he ended up getting the car running for him and drove it around and, and he ended up selling it to somebody else for like seventy five hundred bucks once it got running. So, oh, jeez, you know, yeah. I'm sure, you know that was back in the early eighties, so I know Hemi Cuda is worth a whole lot more now. Right, exactly. Well, you can always do like I do. I had a chance to buy a Carrera Speedster way back in the early seventies, and um, a Porsche Carrera Speedster, that car, yeah. which is now worth a million plus dollars. And uh-huh. I always remind my parents because I begged them to loan me some money, and you know back then they're I only was like three thousand dollars. They looked at me like, for that old thing, are you crazy? <laughs> our vista cruiser costs less than that and uh yeah it never got it but of course to this day i remind them you know if you'd only loan me that money and i'd kept the car all these years we'd have a nice tidy sum but uh, <laughs> like i would have kept it all these years anyway we all have those stories well let's talk about current projects what are you working on today that really has you excited and fired up and i'd love for you to also maybe share a little bit more about breaks all the different states you're in across the country a little bit more about how the whole program works so Again, if there's a listener out there, they can figure out, oh, are you going to be in my area? How do I sign up? I also like the fact that you have that sign-up sheet on your website, which is kind of an agreement between the parent and the kid to pledge that they're going to be safe and the parents pledge as well. So talk a little bit about what's happening at break. Well, there's a lot happening with break. Back to answer your question, though, a current project that I'm working on, I've, uh, after my boy's accident, I wanted to do a project with my dad. And so uh, I, he and I talked back and forth, and we decided that we wanted to build a car to go run a Bonneville at the Salt Flats. Cool. And uh, so I've been working on that car. My dad passed away in 2009, so I didn't get the car done before he passed away. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of been coming along slowly since yeah. 2009. But we're building a car with uh, – it's got twin V10 Viper Dodge uh, supercharged engines in it, so they're they're Twin? counter-rotating. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yeah, it's got two supercharged Viper engines. They're about a little over 2,000 horsepower each. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, it's a four-wheel <laughs> drive car, and it is, it's a pretty incredible masterpiece of an engineering uh, car. Yeah, so, I think so. Uh, any listeners that are interested in that, they can go to the website for that car, with it, which is LSR for Land Speed Record, mm-hmm. lsrproject.com. Wow. And, uh, yeah, go on there and check it out. That's a, but that is my current project that I'm working on. We're hoping maybe to have it ready for Bonneville in the next year or so. And, wow. Uh, you know, so. Oh, my gosh. What kind of speed are you expected to get out of that vehicle? Well, the goal is to break 500 miles an hour. Oh, can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of, of guests here on the on Cars Yeah that are uh, involved with Bonneville, either photographers or people that go and race at Bonneville. And, I mean, it's just incredible, the speeds that are happening there. It's kind of a shame what's going on at Bonneville right now with all the dancing around and things that are happening with the, the government and so forth. So I hope that all gets squared away so that these things can, can continue. Right. 
Well, you know, exactly. That, that, that's the thing. They've got, uh, that's a, w- a wonder of the world up there, really, those Bonneville salt flats. Right. We've got to take care of them. And they've been, you know, they've been mining the salt out of there for hundreds of years and, and uh, they're running out of salt. So they're figuring out how to replenish that salt source. And hopefully yeah. it'll be a good place to, to race and to visit for a long time to come. I think so. It sounds like this year they're getting it to come back around a little bit. Uh, they've been putting some brine back in there and pumping uh, water from Salt Lake back up in there and all mm-hmm. this stuff. So I think it's, it sounds like it's kind of coming around. I hope so. I hope so. Here's a very introspective question for you, Doug. If you were a car, what kind of car would Doug be and why? Well, you know, uh, it goes back to that Hemi Cuda story. I think I would be a Hemi Cuda. All right. I always thought that was the coolest car and it was, you know, tough and, and big engine sounded good. Yeah. Like a 70 Hemi Cuda. That, that, that would be what I would be. That would be you. Awesome. I like that. So Doug up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah. Sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. Okay, Doug, we're back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I would say the best automotive uh, uh, advice I've ever received was probably uh, Tom McEwen. Tom Mongoose McEwen has been a friend of mine and a, and a and a mentor and a hero since I was pretty young. And uh, McEwen told me he when I told him when I was probably around I don't know sixteen or so I was you know I was dreaming basically I said look one day I want to race a top field car I want to race a nitro car and he said Doug here's what you do. You need to work really hard and you need to not get in trouble. You need to pay attention to what you're doing. And if you can do all those things and, and you've got the desire, you'll end up, you'll make it. I'm yeah. telling you. And that was pretty good, pretty good advice from Tom McEwen. I think so. Yeah. The mongoose. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Um, I think probably, uh, habit is, is also, just as a way that I do things, I follow a checklist. You know, I'm always, I, I, I'm a pilot in, in addition to being a race car guy. So I follow a checklist mm. to make sure that nothing gets forgotten and you get everything done. And I'm, you know, the checklist is always improving and updating, right. but uh, following a checklist and just, you know, making sure you go down there. Yep. Check. Got that. Got that. Got that. Right. And, 
by following a checklist, uh, I think it's helped me from making mistakes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've always lived uh, that way. When I was vintage racing, I created these checklists to go through. So I made sure every, because I was my own pit guy for a long time. So make sure every little thing was done right. And I remember the first time I uh, wasn't my own pit crew. Uh, somebody didn't tighten one of the lug nuts on a car that uh. I was in and a wheel came off in a corner. So I said, hey, uh. use this checklist, would you, <laughs> next time you take care of my car. So they're so important, especially if you're a pilot. Oh, my gosh. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources out there, but is there one in particular that you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, yeah. Uh, the resource I'd like to share with them is Brakes. Absolutely. And, uh, I was hoping yeah. you'd say that. <laughs> yeah. Putonthebrakes.org is our, is our website. There's a, there's a wealth of information on there. Uh, like you said, that parent and teen driving contract, there's videos on there. There's safety tips on there. There's just so many things on there that can help a parent and help a teenager, you know, I think that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. You know, if there, if we are in an area where you can bring, when any of your listeners can bring their teenager to a breaks program, I would highly encourage that. The teachers that we have, the instructors that we have at breaks are the best of the best. Like they're who I would want to teach my teenagers. And that's who we have there to teach our teenagers. Uh, Kia provides us a fleet of vehicles. So they don't have to do, you know, analog braking exercise and all these things that you really are, you know, wheel drop off. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't want to do in your own car. So sure. luckily, we've got these Kia provided vehicles, nice. so they don't have to worry about that. As I said, the instructors that we have are incredible. They teach like the Secret Service guys that drive the president, wow. defensive driving. They do stunts in movies. They they are the best of the best. So we really, really work hard at making sure that the instructors that we have are who I would want to teach my kids. Fantastic. I'll remind our listeners that I'll have links on Doug's show notes page at carsyad.com slash Doug Herbert that you can click on. I would encourage you to check out the website, especially if you have young people in your lives, whether they're your own kids or friends' kids or grandkids or whomever they may be, or even if they're students you uh, have in a classroom, if you're a teacher, definitely worth sharing this. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? You know, one book in particular that I've read recently that I didn't really have any idea what it was about, but a buddy of mine, a good friend of mine, wrote the book. Jim Oberhofer wrote a book called Lessons from a Crew Chief. Jim Oberhofer has worked for Connie Coletta for, oh gosh, probably 25 or 30 years. So you can imagine all the stories he has. <laughs> yes. Uh, Connie Coletta is a pretty, he's a big character yeah. and, a, and, a, and a really good guy. But Jim Overhopper has been with Connie Coletta for years, probably close to 30 years. He wrote that book called uh, Lessons from a Crew Chief, nice. which is actually, the title doesn't really fit the book. It's really more of a book about life and dealing with situations. Jim's wife, Tammy, was diagnosed with cancer. Ooh. And he fought that. And a lot of the book is really about that fight and figuring out what was really important in life, you know, because what was important for him for that was going to the next race and winning the next race. And, right. And then all of a sudden he realized, okay, well, I'm, I'm not paying attention to what's really important here. So yes, that book was really good. And, uh, uh, so I would suggest, I would suggest that book to all your listeners, Jim Overhopper's book. It's called lessons from a crew chief, top fuel for life. Awesome. And uh, actually, Jim Overhofer will be the speaker at our Breaks Gala this year on September 15th in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, All right, cool. Yeah, he's. Uh, he, we're, I'm really looking forward to that. Ah, great recommendation. I'm not familiar with the book, so I'll make sure I'll get a copy of that. And listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at Doug's own show notes page at carsyad.com with a quick, easy 
clicks to purchase the book as well. So make sure you check that out. Sounds like an awesome read. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Doug, and this last question (laughs) can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car or collector race car in your garage, something fun, but you can't sell it and buy a bunch of other toys with it or uh, open another school, you got to keep it and enjoy it. But money is no object. I'll buy you whatever you'd like today. (laughs) What would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why? You know, the car that that would be is my land speed car that I'm working on right now. Oh. I would like to have that car completed and sitting in the garage. That would be the most, uh, to me, that would be the most awesome car to have there. And, you know, because of the reasons that I told you, I, uh, you know, we designed it and engineered it with my dad. And, you know, we worked on it together. That was, that was kind of our project. So having that car completed and sitting in the garage, that would be the most incredible car to me. I, I don't know if you ever saw that movie, The World's Fastest Indian. But oh, like, yes, that, yes. It got me so revved up you know, <laughs> to go to Bonneville yeah. uh, after seeing that movie. But that would be my favorite car is that LSR car that I'm working on. And, and like I said, uh, listeners can go to that website, which is lsrproject.com, and check out the car because it is really an engineering masterpiece. It looks uh, unbelievable. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, here's the deal then. Since I don't have to buy you a car, you just – Start working on that thing. Send me the bills every month. I'll just write the checks and, you know, we'll get that thing done to get you out on Bonneville as fast as possible. So, uh, Oh, there you go. Okay, perfect. <laughs> there's a good deal for market cars, yeah. Well, Doug, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed learning about your stories and about what you're doing. It's absolutely spectacular. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey, very personal journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you head off down the Bonneville Salt Flats in that SLR land speed race car? <laughs> well, I think the best advice that I can offer to any parent is to, uh, you know, value your time with your kids. There's You can't, uh, you know, a lot of times it's hard to get off work and go to a school function or go to a game or whatever, but value that time. And if you, uh, you know, if your listeners have a teen or know someone that has a teen, go to that putonthebrakes.org website, learn more about the program, uh, hopefully register for an upcoming class in their area. And if there isn't a class in the area, have them contact us to figure out what we can do to bring brakes to their town. That's, you you know, that's something that we do. We have families all around that, that, uh, take brakes on as a project and so that we can, uh, you know, so that we can bring brakes to their town, but we've got a lot of information about who our sponsors are and how to make a donation or whatever at that website, put on the brakes.org. Awesome. Great. Wonderful advice. And again, listeners, you can find links to everything that Doug's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at carsyeah.com. Just type Doug into the search bar and that page will pop right up. Hey Doug, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing breaks with all of us absolutely spectacular program you're running until we talk again i'll see you down the road thank you mark i look forward to it you're welcome thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at cars yeah drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun download your free copy of filler up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!